Who are you? Whoever you want me to be. Don't say I never gave you anything. It's feeling epic. Three words. Eight letters. Hello, hello, or should I say, hello, brother. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Previously on Teen TV. I'm Jillian Benani. I'm Claire Wojciechowski. And if you couldn't tell by now, we are talking about the Vampire Diaries today. It is spooky season, y'all. Yes, in honor of October and Halloween coming up, we thought it was a good time to dig into the Vampire Diaries, which is... One of the ultimate team shows of all time, in my opinion. It's pretty great. I feel like it's a little bit underrated by, I don't know, maybe television critics and writers. But yeah. in the fandom, this is up there. They should have been winning Emmys, in my opinion, for this show. I mean, listen, say what you will about Elena Gilbert, but Nina Dobrev is playing like 17 characters in any given season. Yeah. And that is difficult. She deserved more than a Teen Choice Award. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this was actually my number two show when we did our top 10 list of best teen dramas. I actually, you know, will still say I think this is the most well done teen show that I've ever watched. Really? That's a that's high praise. I think that the writing is good, the acting is good, pretty people, and just drama, 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 everything you want in a teen show. I think this show has it all. Up there for me, too. Definitely on my top 10 list. Um, and when I first watched it, I was like, why didn't I start this from the beginning? I jumped in feet first and was oh, obsessed. Love that. Yeah. It was airing on TV when I was in college. So tough time to watch TV every mm-hmm. week. But I got the season one DVD because I cannot just jump into the middle of a season. No. I need to start from the beginning. So I watched that season one DVD one time on winter break in like, God, like three days probably. Did you choose to buy it or were you gifted season one? I think it was a Christmas gift because I watched it like when I was home for like five weeks over winter break in college. I see. So I I had to fill that time just watching TV. I getcha. I um, was also in college when it started and similarly didn't watch it from the beginning. And then I think it was my sophomore year Mm -hmm. of college. It was the middle of season three. And I was like, I need something new to binge. And season one and two were on Netflix. And so I fired up season one and immediately was hooked, blew through season one and two on Netflix. And then I was like, I can't wait for season three to be out. So I watched it illegally until I caught up. Love that. Until we yeah. all did, right? We uh, all had to do that right? back then, Some yeah. janky websites, yeah. but uh, caught up to the point of season three where it was airing and then was you know watching in real time from then on what did kind of like catch you with this show when you first started watching it I think I liked that it had a lot of characters who were complex Um, they were all tied to each other in different ways I think you know we've got this brother dynamic Mm. which is always interesting when it's familial we know that there's a history there with Elena that we Mm. don't really understand at first and we so like there's like this mystery that we have to unravel I love a good mystery yeah Um, and I I love a supernatural show too I think that adds a fun little element so that all these the characters and like you said they're so pretty and they're all just Mm. running around this small town getting into trouble and I really liked that would you say the Vampire Diaries has the prettiest cast out of all the teen shows I think consistently if you factor in all eight seasons then Mm -hmm. yes I think that they 
not an ugly one in the bunch. I would agree. I think it's also might be the steamiest teen show that has ever existed. I think so too. Something about vampires, man. I mean, taking like you know Euphoria That's out of it, a separate thing. They were they were getting hot and heavy on the CW back in the day. It was it was steamy for sure. I know we love to see it. I miss it a little bit. You know, going off of what you were saying a little bit, I do love that. When you first started watching this show, you were like, oh, it's like Twilight, you know, vampire, old ass vampire falls in love with a high school student. Um, But then as we really, you know, got through season one of this show, we learned there is so much more to this. There is a full history, backstory, doppelgangers, witches, werewolves, so much to this that we had no idea uh, from the beginning so I love that aspect of this show when you think you know everything you really don't and it is so different from Twilight <laughs> that could be a whole episode of talking about how Vampire Diaries is different from Twilight and that's not to shit on Twilight I do like Twilight but this show is just levels above it yeah I, Twilight is a very like shiny like like idealized version of a vampire i guess you could say like i mean they glimmer in the sun right and they're you know the the good ones don't hurt you and this and that and but like <laughs> i forgot about that part yeah but uh and this one is like they're no they're like they're complex and there's this idea that you know they they need blood to live like that's not their fault they're not trying to hurt people it's just like right. what what are what are you going to do just desiccate <laughs> that's your option that that's true they're just trying to survive like the rest of us. They are. They're just trying to make it through high school for the 30th time. I know. Um, I do think that a lot of times, you know, supernatural shows kind of get a little bit of like a, a bad rap in a sense of like, oh, they they can use these elements to be a little more showy. And, you know, that's what keeps people coming back. But I feel like with the Vampire Diaries, what kept me coming back was how they kept bringing humanity into it. And that is a huge theme of this show, of vampires losing humanity, and what does that mean, and what does it mean to be a human? And I feel like that just brought, you know, a deepness to the show that uh, that made it, you know, that separated it, I think, from, from other teen shows at the time. I think so, too. I think with Supernatural shows, they automatically have... Um, a level of of drama because it's life or death. Right. It's all, the stakes are immediately higher than like another regular teen drama because, you know, every decision is about like mortality or immortality and sometimes you can bring people back from the dead and sometimes you can't, but I think that those um stakes only work if you care about them as people, as characters and if you mm. care about their humanity like, you know, you don't care about a vampire who's soulless and evil and not interesting. You care about the vampire living or dying because you care about them as a person and their personality. Well, and I think that goes into what you were saying too, that these characters are so complex. I mean, some of them have been alive for hundreds of years. So I think that that brings in like so much backstory and so many like lessons that they've already learned from life and that they're still learning. And I think that that just, you know, is another thing that just sets it apart a little bit. And you know what else sets it apart? Oh, the love triangle. (laughs) You know, this is, I know we talked about love triangles in the last episode. So listen to that if you haven't already. 
But I could talk about Damon, Steph, and Elena all day long. I think what makes them so interesting, besides the fact that there's, you know, drama because they're brothers, um, it's the fact that, like, they bring out different sides of her and they she can really at different points in her life picture a future with both of them with either of them um so that i think is so fascinating and also i think because the two of them are so close and they have such a long Mm. complicated history um that makes it like so much more compelling and then if you want to throw in Catherine too and that's just another weird psychological layer that i don't feel qualified to unpack but it does it it makes it so watchable the, the flashback scenes that they do with Catherine and, you know, that being almost a separate love triangle. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, it is because she's a separate character yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is separate. But it is just like there is just so many, so many layers to this love triangle. Yeah. Um, are you Delena or Stelena? In the end, I am Delena. Yeah. I am, you know, Team Damon for her yes yes you know it's tough because i like damon and elena together but i my favorite character in the show is stefan so i think i have to say i'm team selena because i am stefan over everybody else i mean i thought that his journey and the ripa and <laughs> <laughs> And basically, (laughs) him dealing with addiction issues, which didn't see that coming. Um, I really felt like his character went through so much in this show. And I just really found myself more so rooting for Stefan in the end. Whereas like Damon, I kind of thought was giving me the same old quips towards the end of the show. And like the later seasons, I kind of felt like there wasn't really much more for his character to give. Um, I know that might be a little controversial. No, I, I see that. But, um, I think that towards the end, I really changed to a Stefan girly. I mean, I like Stefan too. I like his hero hair. Yeah. I think sometimes he got a little bit um, dour for me and I wanted to be like, dude, just like smile a bit more, you know? Like Damon yeah. was kind of, he could be really horrible. Yeah. But he also was like, I'm having fun. Like, he enjoyed being a vampire. Yeah. Even though he missed being human, he still, like, made the best of the situation. I think I liked Stefan's self-loathing a little <laughs> bit, you know? I'm a, I'm a brooding girl. I want a little... I want a sad boy. That's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, yep, that tracks. Yeah. Um, so that, that might say something about me, but... <laughs> With Damon, let's let's get into this a little bit. Okay, you know he killed characters, beloved characters, sure on did. this show, and you know we as a fan base we're able to get past that. Like, yeah, why? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, um, really putting me on the spot. I know. Um, I'm I'm really making you fight for this. I kind of like Delena. it. Um, okay, I'm gonna like lean forward. I'm getting ready. I think because we get to see Damon's past, we see how wounded he was, how he didn't want to become a vampire. He was forced into this because of Stefan. Um, and his entire life, his entire existence as a human, as a vampire, he has been trying to protect Stefan. Mm-hmm. Um, and him, you know, being a dick and brutally murdering people, not great. Yeah. 
Um, but oftentimes he did it because he felt that he was, had to protect certain people. He mm-hmm. felt like he was in a, a position where he had to make the hard choice. Um, or sometimes his humanity was turned off. Um, and also that was a, a measure of self-protection. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, he... And then eventually he we see him grow. We see him become a friend. We see like Damon is a not a perfect friend to people, but he has yeah. a lot of friendships with different types of people on the show. Like he's friends with Liz. He's friends with Alaric. He's friends with Bonnie, mm-hmm. even though they hate each other at the beginning. And I think that that speaks to how much of a actually caring person and sensitive person he is. Yeah. I think I just feel like Stefan had those qualities all along. Yeah. And he did. But I do think that there was a charm about Damon that was just so fun to watch. I mean, he had like the best lines of the show for sure. I know when he's like that, what is it? The pilot when he gets stabbed and he's like, that's John Varvatos or something like he's pissed because there's a hole in his t-shirt. I forgot about that. That one stuck with me clearly. Um, He does. He also has that smirk. Like he can Mm. smirk like nobody else. I mean, Ian knew what he was doing he, with that smirk mm-hmm, for sure. Yep, so good, and he looks great in that long black leather jacket. Like he does, they styled him well. I think I just feel like I need to stand up for the for the Paul girlies because he's hot. Okay, can we all just admit that? Like, I'm sorry, I think Paul Wesley's hotter than Ian Summerholder. Okay, said it. I said it. I just think that, and I. I don't know why we're acting like, you know, Stefan is not hot. I'm not saying he's not hot. To be clear, they're both very hot. I think they're both very hot. (laughs) They're both hot. For the record, Claire is saying (laughs) they're both hot. I don't want there to be any slander out there. But, um, you know, I if we're talking about like characters and who we choose for Elena. Yeah. I choose Damon. That's all I'm saying. But I love Stefan and Caroline as a couple as well. I thought that was a little forced to what they were trying to do with it. But I, I did like it because okay. I, it was I think we saw Stefan moping for quite a bit. So it was nice to like see him in scenes with Caroline, um, you know, smiling and having fun and, and her being, you know, a little light for him. Um but I did kind of think that the show a little bit was, you know, just like, shoot, we need to put together another couple now that we got Elena and Damon together. What do we do? But it still worked. I just think I'm more of a Klaus and Caroline kind of girl. I need that darkness in there. Yeah. It can't just be all good times for me. Klaus is another sad boy. Oh, my God. We're really uncovering something. I'm going to have to bring this up to my therapist next week. Klaus is a, is a very like interesting blend of Stefan and Damon. Cause he's sad like Stefan, but like, yeah, that's a good point. Murderous tendencies like Damon. Yeah. And then we could, we could talk for days about Klaus and Elijah and that dynamic too. But you know, anyway, that's a separate show, separate podcast. Well, I know we're really getting a little bit off the rails <clears throat> yeah. here, but let's do a little rapid fire. All right, I'm ready. So people know where we stand on things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, favorite season. I was thinking about this last night because um, there are eight seasons to choose from. And I think- Claire was doing her homework. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to remember. I know. Um, I think, weirdly, my favorite season is season seven. Oh, interesting. Do tell more. I think that is, so that is the season when 
they flash forward three years. Mm -hmm. And so every episode ends with a flash forward to three years in the future. And again, I like a mystery. I like unraveling. Like what happened in those three years? How did they get to that point? You've got Raina Cruz, I think is her last name, the Huntress. She's trying to chase them down. You know, why are Stefan and Caroline broken up? And um, why is Matt trying to kill everybody? Like, um, so I, I really liked season seven. Wow, I really did not think you were gonna pick that. I, you know, I liked his egg. I get what you're saying in the sense, though, that I will say that season, like, I could not stop watching because I had to know what was going to happen next. I mean, the cliffhangers in that season were so good, I, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like with Elena being gone, they were like, we need to come back with a bang. And I feel like they did do that. Yeah. That being said, it's not my favorite season. It would probably okay. be a little bit lower if I'm being honest. I, I feel like you <laughs> lean towards the seasons where the teens are the teens. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I need I need a decade's dance. Um, so my favorite season is season three. I feel like that's where we were at peak with the original vampires. Mm. We had a lot of Klaus. I feel like it's like that season is a classic season of the Vampire Diaries. And I think it was when the show was at its best and at its height of popularity. Um, And we really saw the gang really all come together in a lot of the episodes to try and save Stefan and to try and beat Klaus and I feel like that was you know one of the seasons where we really saw that dynamic all coming Mm -hmm. out of them all like okay everyone has their role of what they're gonna do and trying to beat the villain and I think that that wasn't something they did throughout the rest of the show but I feel like season three was when we really first start to see that come out season three is a good one I feel like if I'm thinking about the earlier seasons like the moments that I really remember and love are mostly from season three um okay sexiest vampire Ooh, I'm going to go with Klaus. <laughs> I know. I get it. I mean, I'm going to go Stefan, Paul Wesley, hot. I, you are really on this train, <laughs> and I love that for you. I'm so, I'm proud of the commitment. <laughs> I think when I rewatched, like, being a little older, too, I was just like, I think it's the hair, honestly. I do. I mean, I, <laughs> it's the I'm hero like really hair. trying to say, like, something deep about no. Stefan, and it's like, nah, it might just come down to the hair. That's fair. Um, but I mean, Klaus is hot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Okay. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm getting a little, it's getting a little warm in here. Um, favorite villain. So I feel like the obvious answer is Klaus. I know what you're going to say though. Because I'm going to go with Kai Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the best villain of the show. Yeah. I mean, Kai was a villain villain. Nothing redeemable about him. Um, But he was funny. He was so funny. He just had like uh, such great lines. And like, you just couldn't stop watching him when he was on the screen because he was terrifying. But there was a humor there that you just were not expecting. And it really worked. Right. I think Klaus is like, he's a sad boy. He's a villain, but he's like tortured and he's been alive forever and doing all these things because he's got this sad past, whatever. Kai is just a sociopath. There is no humanity there. He just loves to hurt people and does not care about anything but his own ability to, to get power, to literally gain power. Um, and that makes him incredibly entertaining. He was a villain in every sense of the word, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And that, that's hard. A lot of times they, you know, 
when a villain is really good, they give them more redeemable qualities. Like, I feel like they did that with Klaus because they wanted him to stick around. Yeah. Um, and then he got his own spinoff and everything. But um, I feel like with Kai, they were, you know, they really kept him devious and yeah. good. But, but I wanted him still on my screen. It was so good. Also, Kai was hot. Yeah. Like, eh, I thought he was just okay. The hair. Not good enough hair for me. <laughs> Gotta say. Wow. Um, all right. Favorite song moment. A lot of good songs in this show. A lot of good songs. There were many to choose from, but the one that I think sticks out the most to me um, is season three. Okay. Um, after the decades dance, when um, they go say goodbye to Alaric in the woods because he's going to become a, he's not going to become a vampire. He's going to die. Yeah. And it's uh, the fray be still place mm, yeah um, that is such a good moment it's beautiful it's sad there's all these candles and then they call back to it in right. legacies years later which is the second spinoff when Alaric is also he's dying um and the students of the school show up outside of the hospital with candles and that song plays again and that floored me when I watched that it made me so happy but that song that moment in season three sticks out to me. That is definitely, I think, one of the main like scenes of the show. Because I think it is like what this show stands for, which is like a lot of them, it's a humanity moment of mm-hmm. like they're all sad that they're losing their friend, even though they have been like surrounded by death. And um, but they all come together in that moment. And uh, I just love when they all come together in that show. It's so good. I know. They're this weird little family, I which I, I really appreciate. Um, my favorite song moment is, I got to go with the classic season one at the end of episode one when the fray plays. We never love, say never. It's so good. We love the fray, I guess. I know. On Vampire Diaries. I think I it just missed the fray being on my teen shows. You know, that was when a fray song came on on a teen show, you knew it was going to be a good scene. Yeah, you were ready to emote. Honorable mention goes to Hold On by Court Overstreet. Such a good song in the finale. I mean, I I love that song. Um, and I make a lot of fan edits that song because <laughs> I love it so much. I think it's so good. I mean, then it's powerful. It stuck with you. Yeah. My honorable mention would have to be Drop in the Ocean by Ron Pope. Mm, good one. The season three premiere. Season three had some great song choices. Yeah. Um, when uh, Elena is on the phone with Stefan and she's like, no matter what, come home. I still love you. We can figure it out. And he just like doesn't speak. And it's so sad. And he's just listening. Oh, my God. I love that moment. Yeah. That is so good. Another great moment from the show. All right, what would you say? So, a lot of death in the Vampire Diaries. What was the worst death? And by this, I mean, like, what was a death that maybe, like, hit you the hardest? Not, like, worse painful, but, like, like you know, you were sad to I see sad. this person go. Sure. Um, I think I will probably have to say Alaric in season three because I really liked that character. I liked mm-hmm. that he was um, sort of a father figure for Elena and Jeremy, but yeah. also for all of them. He was Damon's friend. Like, it was nice to see Damon, like, have somebody that... You know, he tried to kill multiple times. Then they became buddies. And um, yeah, it was it was a bummer that Alaric went away for a couple seasons. Yeah, I agree with that. And then when he came back, I like did not like him as much. It was just the dynamics were different after yeah. he came back. I wish that they could have had him just stick around or just somebody like in that family. Like my worst death is Aunt yeah. Jenna because I just feel like it's like... Ugh, 
do they have to keep losing like parental figures Truly. like can we, like it was just a little too much it was also sad that like klaus killed her yeah like you know because i wanted you know klaus to kind of be redeemed a little bit more and like you can always throw the aunt jenna thing back in his face see i will say this I never liked Jenna. I thought yeah. she was boring. And so when she died, I just was like, good. I, I thought she was boring, but I think that I liked what she stood for as a character. Like, I think that I didn't need her in the show, but I needed Elena to have a family. Yes, I, I see that. Yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, was like, well, Alaric is more interesting to me. Yeah, Alaric just know. got creepy to me. So I, like, forget about the earlier it, Yeah, he, they do kind of, you know, denigrate his character yeah on with the caroline stuff yeah we don't have to talk about that at the moment oh i'm gonna talk about that later okay well we'll put a pin in that for now don't you worry um best flashback oh gosh um i liked when i think seeing how they first became vampires that moment of like with the father and and all the stuff and um i think (laughs) all that stuff i can't <laughs> All that stuff, oh, I know. know. The stuff, the lot stuff. Lot there, lot there. Lots going on. Yeah. I liked seeing the moment when they became vampires and seeing how it played out differently than we had sort of been led to believe that it was really Stefan was sort of the one who forced this upon Damon and not the other way around, which they really, it seemed to be the case. They were hinting at that, the way that they reacted right. to each other. No, I definitely think that was a flashback that was we really needed to see and they didn't like give it to us right away we had to kind of wait around um to find that story out i think my best flashback would have to be you know when we see them as kids and we get now we see gavin Castellano as young damon that's my favorite flashback oh my because God. i love a little the summer i turned pretty to be honest, I didn't love all the flashbacks. Um, I think it took me out of the story a little bit sometimes. I get it. Like, I know that we needed, like, the history in there. And as somebody who does like history, I thought it was interesting when they brought the Civil War into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I struggled a little bit with the flashbacks because I think maybe I needed a little bit more of like a production budget or something. Yeah. It just, like, took me out of it sometimes of these characters trying to play like also really young at the time yeah, and they were like Damon was being all like giddy young boy and that was just like weird to see yeah also tough when they have the originals flash back to being Vikings and oh, yeah. <laughs> the wigs are whew. again I think they needed a little bit more of a production budget on some of these yes I mean they were fine for the present day stuff but for the yeah the flashbacks that was a tough break yeah would you be a vampire, a werewolf, or a witch. We've talked about this before. Um, I would be a vampire. Um, just from process of elimination. Um, I don't want to be a witch because they always have to come in and save the day. That's just like a little too much. A little too much responsibility for me. Um, didn't seem very fun. Um, werewolf, it's just kind of, I don't know, not my thing. Like... Uh, but vampire, I mean, you get to be fun, sexy, um, you know, I just feel like that's, that's a fun life, yeah. a vampire. I feel like you could have a party, like it, like vampire yeah. feels like a, like a party life, like a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a vampire. And girl. you get to be young and hot forever. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't even need Botox. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would be a witch. Um, I mean, my shirt says witch don't kill my vibe. You would come I, in and save the day, Claire. I would come in and save the day. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to resist. Um, and I, I do think like, you know, you are vulnerable as a witch, but yeah. you also have tremendous power and you can place protection spells. You can cast all sorts of spells and do all sorts of things and bring people back from the dead and yeah, do, do a lot of... Um, manipulation yeah. from afar. Oh, she wants to be in control. <laughs> I, I want to be in control and then have to clean up the mess. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. You, get, you give me some witchy vibes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> okay. So I have a fun little game next because in the Vampire Diaries, you know, they really get into the weeds on like the rules of the vampire world mm-hmm. and how it all works. So there is a lot of explanation throughout the series a lot of things to keep up with. So let's see how well you remember it. Oh boy, here we go. Here's a little trivia of how the vampire world works in the Vampire Diaries. So first off, how does a human become a vampire? A human has to die with vampire blood in their system, and then they wake up and they have to feed on a human. Okay, that was correct. Good job, Claire. And they get a little progressively harder, I think. Okay. How do you kill a vampire? Um, a wooden stake through the heart. You can cut off their head. Is that, a th- or is that only hybrids? You can rip out their heart. You can rip out their heart. That is correct. Heads? I don't think so. I feel like that's a that's a hybrid thing that comes in later on. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it changes a little bit, um, especially can, between this and the originals. Yes. I will say. Uh, you can set them on fire, or they can burn in the sun. That's true. Yeah. I would say that would be them more... Well, I guess you could throw them out there, yeah. Those all were right. The main one is to stake them in the heart, though. Yeah, a classic mode classic, of death. Classic, yeah. Okay, how does a werewolf turn into a hybrid? A werewolf turns into a hybrid. They have to drink the blood of one of the Petrova doppelgangers. Is that... There's like... It's a specific blood thing. It's Klaus's blood. It's Klaus's blood. Yeah. There's a there's a thing with... <laughs> it's a blood thing. <laughs> but they, it's like a whole thing in season three where he's, he's trying to make hybrids out of werewolves and they just keep dying. And he's like, why doesn't this work? And isn't it because they have to drink his blood first, mm-hmm. die, and then drink her blood? Then drink Elena's blood? Yes, okay. that is so correct. So it's two different people's blood. I knew her blood was in there somewhere. Yes. So you got there. You thank got you, there. Thank you. Well, that was actually pretty impressive because I would not have been able to answer uh, that question at all. Speaking of doppelgangers, please explain to us the origin of doppelgangers. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this one comes in season... I don't remember which season. This comes around in like, season five. I was going to say five. to me was the most difficult season to keep I, up with. Like yeah. they got so crazy five with the lore in that season that I was like, what are the rules? What is happening? So the doppelgangers, there's the originals. I don't know. I just know that it's really old and something happens with this chick named Ketsia um, and Silas and they are the originals and they're bad. And Ketsia... That there's like a scene where she's like screaming because there's voices in her head. I don't remember. Wait, I, oh, wasn't Ketsia the one that like took Silas from Amara? 
maybe that's what it was i don't know and she cursed her or something yeah something like that we're gonna have to do a fi- season five rewatch this is i know i feel like i could rewatch season five like four times and still not fully yeah, get it lots going on there. but so i have that the doppelgangers are born when nature creates mortal shadow selves of silas and amara that will live a natural life and die in their place to restore the balance of life and death over centuries, identical versions of Silas and Amara have been born and drawn to each other. Okay, that makes sense. That seems... That, <laughs> Did I mean, you get all that? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, it's like, of course, naturally. Easy. No, but like, that does ring a bell, I should say. I just remember Ketsia coming on screen and being like, oh God, here we go again. What is happening here? More fucking flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> To an indeterminate time period. (laughs) At least I think the production budget went up by season five and the flashbacks looked a little better in my opinion. You did a pretty good job with that trivia. So, you know, hats off to you. You do remember a lot of it. Thanks. And it's not easy to keep up with the vampire lore. No, it gets more and more complicated as the seasons go on. It really does. And I gotta say, though, hats off, though, to that show because they started that thing of you know, a vampire has to be like invited into a house. And they did keep that going for all eight seasons. They never once forgot that a vampire has to be invited. Yes. I think that that is, it's easy to sort of get around that and just to make it easier. But um, they did keep that up. Once they wrote a vampire rule, they stuck to it. Yeah. All right. So we have spent a lot of time talking about how much we love this show, how good it is. Now let's spend a little time talking shit, which I love to do. So let's rant a little bit. This section is called rant and we will each take 30 seconds. We got to give a time limit or else we will go on for hours. So we're each going to have 30 seconds to plead our case of something we wish they'd done and something we wish they hadn't done. So Claire, you're going to start us off whenever you're ready. I wish that there had been more LGBTQ plus representation. We did get Luke as a gay character for two seasons and we got um, Nora and Mary Louise in season seven, but there could have been more vampires are sexy. They're sucking each other's blood all the time. Why wasn't there more hooking up across genders and stuff? Um, I will go to my grave being furious that they killed Enzo in season eight. Um, I loved him and Bonnie as a couple. They were my favorite couple and I'm pissed that he died. End. Wow, that was really good. Thank you. Good job. I've been sitting on those thoughts for a while now. I know. You were ready to rant. She came in ready to rant today, yeah. people. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm excited to hear Give me what... one second. Yep. Collect your thoughts. Yeah. All right. I think I'm ready. Something I wish they'd done. Kill Matt Donovan. It did not make sense for him to be alive for eight seasons and remain a human and he wasn't even that interesting of a character i think i would have liked him more if he would have died um enzo definitely should have been the third brother of stefan and damon half brother the mom was sleeping around we know that and i think it would have made his character a lot more interesting caroline and klaus definitely should have gone together not just had sex and i hated alaric with caroline I feel like I was screaming a you, little bit. I got into you it. Did. You got, I did. You the got, volume in here went up when I just <laughs> ranted. Sorry at home if you had to turn down your volume for a second during that part. But I feel very passionate about some of these things. I, I think you said a lot there that I agree with. The Matt Donovan thing, I don't have real strong feelings on Matt Donovan. And I feel like that says it all. Yeah. You know, fine, whatever. 
Um, <laughs> he had those nice blue eyes. Like I liked him earlier on, but as everyone started becoming supernatural, it just didn't really make sense. No, it didn't. Um, Enzo as the third brother would have been interesting. It's also because you talk about how the mom was sleeping around, but we are introduced to the mom as Enzo's in love with her. So. Oh, right. But wasn't which, the mom? Yeah, right. I think I forgot about that. The part. mom is the one that turned Enzo. That's right. Which I forgot about until again I Wikipedia this last night. But there was definitely something I think when they were first casting for Enzo, where they were going to make him the third brother, and then they scrapped the storyline. And I just think I wish that they would have stuck with that because I think it just would have added another layer. It would have been good to see that in the later seasons. I think that could have been fun. I think if they had done that, yeah, just completely made the character personality the same but yeah. just introduced him to the whole group in a different way I think that would have been fun and exciting yeah. I agree um, Caroline and Klaus I think it was a little bit of a missed opportunity with those characters and I understand it's hard because you introduce Klaus as this huge villain um, but I think you know in my opinion you gotta go where the chemistry is and I just think that was a missed opportunity to not fully go there and they tease it so much it's just like uh like i know that they eventually slept together but i needed more than just that one night and i needed a little like cuddle afterwards too i mean it was just like in the woods like i mean it was hot but like i wanted to see them have a nice moment you wanted together. like a little like poised post-coital situation there. Yeah, uh, you know, I like a good post-coital situation. <laughs> Alaric and Caroline thing, that was, I should have mentioned that. I can't believe I didn't. That was ab an abomination. I think that you still could have done the storyline of her being pregnant with those twins without all of a sudden them being engaged in season seven. I, I like the drama of it, but it was just kind of, there was a gross layer it's to it icky. for me. It's icky. He yeah. was her teacher and like he was Elena's father figure and she's Elena's yeah. best friend. It's Yeah, it's gross. I agree the, the parenting thing, fine. I was fine yeah. with that. And they could be, you know, raising the kids together. That's plenty of drama on its own because, right. you know, of the circumstances. But I did not need them to be engaged and for him to be pining over her. No. It that was, was, no. Icky. It was icky. Yeah. And I know uh, I said Enzo and Bonnie are my favorite couple, but I know oh. that you don't feel that way. I feel like they're under, I just feel like they're underrated. Bonnie never, Bonnie gets shafted throughout the whole series she is always having to come in and save the day she dies and then pretends that she didn't die to spare people pain. And she finally gets this happiness with Enzo mm -hmm. and then Stefan kills him. I wanted a happy ending for Bonnie. And I think that was brutal that we did not get that. I mean, the girl went through way too much. Like, that was kind of crazy. Like, I just wanted her to be happy for, like, one season. And then I feel like that just, like, fully took away the happy ending for Bonnie. Yeah, like we, she just goes off and she's like, I'm just gonna go be a witch in the world. And it's just like, it's just so sad. Like she gives up so much over yeah. and over and over again and just has to leave sort of with nothing. I would have liked to see her happy with Enzo in the yeah. end. Thank you. Thank That's you for a the good support. One. Well, we could talk about the Vampire Diaries all day long. So... Don't worry, we will be doing future episodes on this show that we love. We just had to give a little intro to our thoughts on The Vampire Diaries. So don't worry, there will be more to come in the future. 
But thank you so much for listening, and I hope all our listeners enjoy the Halloween season. Yes, don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate and review us, give us five stars. You can also follow us on social media, on TikTok and Instagram at previously on underscore teen TV. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Wait, hold on, stop. Yeah, one final question. <laughs> Well, I just thought about it. Sure. Do you think that the size of a vampire's fang correlates to their penis size? <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions we like to talk about at previously on Teen TV. I, um, I, my gut says no. I don't know why, but I just, I think no. And also, like, is it the size of the fangs or is it how you use them? Great question. Great question. Do you, what do you think? Well, I think that I, Paul Wesley has the biggest fang. I was like, I knew you were asking that question because you think the answer is yes. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> this was a horny episode for you, Julian. It's a horny show. It was, yeah. We had, we had to keep the horn level up. Yeah. <laughs>